0: You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selick. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. Today's guest is Bob Donner. Bob is a local lawyer and has been a community volunteer as well as a a volunteer on state groups as a board of regents. And he and I have a long-standing relationship as uh, I
1: used to work with him at the law firm and and now he's become my my true best friend. I decided then and there when I had strong views on something, I was going to stand up for them. So uh, even though I was on the losing end of a number of eight to one votes, my position ultimately uh, prevailed. Uh, because of the action of both houses of the legislature.
0: So stick around. We'll be right back.
1: This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank, a community bank since 1893, providing full-service banking and trust services to businesses and consumers, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, Responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC.
0: Hi, this is Tom Seelig doing our podcast on my new best friend. I'm excited today because I have a uh, one of my best friends, and he's an sort of an old friend. At one point, he was sort of my boss. So today's guest is Bob Downer. He's a partner with the law firm of & Super Downer, who's had an interesting and exciting career. So. Bob, welcome to the podcast.
1: My pleasure. Uh, at my age, I don't refer to old friends typically, but long-time friends. That's that makes point, me yeah. feel younger, I guess.
0: Yeah, I know when we started, I thought I was young, but uh, we're both a little older, but we're still rolling along and still active and both still working. So I know where we start. I guess I can start with... Um, I first probably met you. My memory is I was working at the uh, First National Bank as a, as a teller part time as I was it, it finished my first year of law school. And I applied to be, a, I guess you call it a clerk at the, at the law firm where you were a partner. And um, we first met there. And I sort of ended up working as a clerk and then staying there as a young lawyer and became your partner. So, uh, what's your great memory of Tom Selick?
1: Well, I I remember at the time you started, uh, the first national bank was undergoing a major renovation, and uh, you had a job as a fire watch at night. That uh, I thought was uh, just a way to sort of pad your income, but I remember you had to go over there every night to make sure everything was safe.
0: Well, that's true. We should because we are sort of old. A lot of people have not heard of the First National Bank. Uh, they are uh, It's U.S. Bank now, right, Bob? Yes. So the main bank down In the old days, all the banks were sort of downtown. And the First National Bank and Iowa State Bank, Hawkeye State Bank, are all locally owned. They were downtown. Realtors were downtown. It was the hub of, of, of activity. And I got my job there because of um, Clark Houghton, Bud Houghton, who was a, a great leader in the community and a great banker, his son, Steve. And I... So sort we of grew up together. T was the um, tennis coach of Iowa for I don't know, thirty plus years. Still a good friend. But anyway, it is true. They uh, they remodeled the bank, and I guess initially I may have had a real role. I would walk through at night just in case anything was going bad, but that continued for about eight months. I always felt it was a partial scholarship. I wasn't getting rich, but um, I made some money each night, and um, that's that's how uh, that's one of my my great favorite stories. So anyway, so Bob, tell us about. Uh, you're from? Are you from Newton, or where are you from? Um,
1: I uh, was born in Newton. I grew up the first seven and a half years of my life in Colfax, Iowa, where my father owned a pharmacy. Uh, he subsequently sold that and purchased a pharmacy in Toledo, Iowa, uh, where we moved uh, when I was seven and a half. Uh, lived there through high school. Uh, he passed away of a heart attack two weeks after I graduated from high school, and that fall I started uh, at the University of Iowa and have never left Iowa City. Now, uh, University of Iowa, what
0: was your major
1: at Iowa? Uh, political science.
0: Okay, and then you went right to law school. Out of that. Did, were you uh, in the combined program back in the old days?
1: yes. Uh, I was actually the second youngest person in my graduating class. Uh, I went into law school after three years, and uh, the uh, first year of law school essentially double counted. So I got a BA degree, although I only spent three years in liberal arts. Uh, That uh, program faded away with uh, Dean Ladd's departure from the law school but now uh, has been picked back up again because of uh, attempts to reduce uh, the cost of education for law students.
0: Yeah. So um, when you were in law school, who, who was the dean when you started?
1: Uh, Mason Ladd. Uh, one thing that I used to enjoy pointing to until uh, the last few years is that uh, I said I couldn't be old because three of the faculty members uh, from when I was in law school were still on the faculty, Sandy Boyd, Bill Hines, and Arthur Bonfield, but they've uh, all retired. I guess Bill is in a phased retirement now, but uh, uh, that, among other things, uh, makes me feel older.
0: Good. Well, I hate to bring up any skeletons from your closet, but here's my memory of you. You are I know you're happily married to Jane, and you have two children and grandchildren, but you were a little slow in that marriage thing. I, as I recall, you were uh, single for a while, and you used to go have a beer or two at some local haunts downtown. I can't recall. Was it Doc's? Where, 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 didn't you meet some guys there? So?
1: Yeah, it was uh, uh, sometimes called Doc's, uh, other times the Annex, but uh, was located uh, in the area. Uh, where the uh, uh, old Capitol Mall is now, uh, it was uh, near the corner of uh, College and Clinton Streets uh, at that time, and and uh, I uh, spent probably more time in there as I than I should have, <laughs> and I remember particularly uh, looking out the window during the student demonstrations in the uh, in about 1970. Uh, where there were confrontations uh, along Clinton Street uh, between the Pentecrest and the Johnson County Courthouse. And um, uh, that's uh, not one of my fonder memories, but uh, did have an opportunity to observe that as well as having a few beers.
0: Yeah, I remember that. So then you, um, then somewhere along the way, you, uh, you met Jean. I think she was a banker. And you got married, uh, you were sir sort of old, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I was uh, 31 at the time we got married. Uh, she was uh, administrative assistant to uh, Dick Summerwell at the then uh, Iowa State Bank. And um, I had a number of dealings with the, uh, with the bank on real estate closings and the like and uh, got acquainted with her through that and uh, we recently, uh, on uh, April 10th, celebrated the 50th anniversary of our first date.
0: Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's great. That's a great story. So, so then you, um, so a practice law, you, you uh, was your office primary focus on
1: office office
0: practice like that transactional work. What was your practice
1: focused on? For the, for the most part, uh, on transactional work, uh, business, uh, real estate, some tax, um, estate planning, uh, probate, things of that nature. Uh, I've uh, done more litigation in recent years than I did uh, earlier on, uh, which uh, occurred uh, more or less accidentally. But um, uh, The practice over the years has been uh, relatively general other than uh, have never done any criminal law, have not done personal injury or things of that sort. Uh, Our children, when they were younger, uh, when asked what my law practice consisted of, uh, they used to say that it was boring and um, (laughs) I I guess uh, that's been pretty consistent throughout my years in the practice.
0: Well, you mentioned it. So let's skip over to them here. Uh, As I recall, you have two, and
1: I think they both are lawyers. Is that right? Right. Uh, Elise uh, is uh, now uh, married and living in St. Louis, uh, has uh, two children. Uh, She's uh, essentially had... uh, uh, sort of three careers. Uh, she went to undergraduate school at the University of Michigan, uh, then went out and, and worked in uh, Congressman Leach's office for a period of time, then went to the University of Washington and got a, a master's in public administration, then got a job with the city of Seattle, uh In their finance department and called me one day and said uh, that she'd been working with their city attorney's office on some things and uh, got the impression that practicing law was a lot more interesting than working in finance. And so uh, decided to go to law school. Uh, I lobbied heavily uh, for her coming back to Iowa to law school, which she ultimately did. And uh, she got married right at the end of law school, and her husband's an orthopedic surgeon in St. Louis.
0: Well, let's follow up on that. And they have, you have a, I do remember you have Maeve and Theo, as I recall. Now, how old are they now? What, what are they up to? Uh,
1: Maeve is um, 12. Um, uh, she's uh, what I refer to as a, a budding politician. Uh, She's been very involved in student government, and her school is just now finishing sixth grade. Um, And uh, Theo uh, is 10, uh, is in fourth grade. Uh, He's uh, more of an academic, and uh, we speculate uh, in the family a lot on what their futures may be uh the general consensus is that that Maeve may follow her mother and uh, grandfather's footsteps into law. Uh Theo's probably going to follow his father into medicine.
0: Interesting, yeah. And his father is a orthopedic surgeon or something? Is that is that Yes. Right? Okay, well great. And they're in uh, they're in the Saint Louis area?
1: Right, in university city on the uh west side of uh, Saint Louis. You know,
0: I haven't seen them for a while, but they are cute kids, and they're, uh, they're very interesting children, too. So then you've got Andy, who is also a lawyer, right? And he's out, out west?
1: Right. Uh, he's also married to a lawyer who's in the uh, uh, intellectual property area for Nike. Uh, they were both in the same firm in Chicago, uh, uh, Kristen. Uh, applied for and got this job with Nike. Uh, Andy was able to work out an arrangement with a firm where he could work uh, remotely, and uh, that was in 2011, has continued with that uh, to this time. They have uh, two daughters, uh, Margot, who's uh, uh, four and a half, and Sophie, uh, who will be uh, two uh, in a couple months.
0: Now, I not to get into the whole family. You know, I talked to Jane occasionally and as i recall that Margot and Sophie are active children and they actually were her out a little bit, they're so active.
1: That fair comment. Right. Moment? Right. Uh, certainly is as far as uh Margot is concerned, uh Sophie's just starting to uh, get active now and uh, uh they're uh, both very entertaining for their grandparents, but uh, also uh, are an indication of why uh, it's uh, best to have children when you're young. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. That's great. Yeah. You know, my I, my daughter got married when she was 21, and so you know, my my grandchildren are in. Well, I have one in college, so we're a little different situation. She started young, and they're. They're they're sort of old. I miss the young ones. So of course, the best ages are twelve and ten. I think That's those are special
1: times. So. Those uh, have been uh, a lot of fun with uh, with Mave and Theo.
0: Now I know you're a big Iowa sports fan and stuff. Now uh, how we do know is is Maeve a Hawkeye or a Theo? Are they are they Hawkeye
1: fans? Uh, Maeve is. She uh, uh, attended. Uh, some football and basketball games when when she was young. Uh, Theo, I don't recall, has been here, but uh, one story that uh, I enjoy is that uh, all of uh, our son-in-law's family are big St. Louis Cardinals fans, and uh, they get together frequently for family dinners. And the last time the cards were in the World Series, The family had gathered and everybody was talking about the Cardinals. And uh, Maeve, who who was probably four at that time or thereabouts, announced to the group, "I don't like the Cardinals. I only like the Hawkeyes." Well, she's she's loyal. That's that's important. Right.
0: Learning the right thing. Well, let's let's review some of the things you've done. I want to get to the two uh, the Regents and the Bar Association are my favorites, but. Just briefly, locally, I think you're active with the Iowa City public library a while back, and were the chair of that board. You were the, I think, the chamber of commerce president, president of Rotary Club, right? All right. those things, and then and uh, so we can discuss that. some, But I'd like to move on to um, you know the regents and then the bar association. The, the interesting one is the regents. Um, as I recall, there had been a, a big gap when anybody from Johns County is serving the regents. Tell us the story of. Of that how you got on the regents and that history, and then some of the high points or low points of the. I think didn't you serve two terms.
1: Two terms, yes.
0: Well, give us the back. Like, I think you were that how you were the first Johnson County person on the board for a long time,
1: or something, as I recall. Um, I I was the first one uh, who was really what you might call a permanent resident of Johnson County to serve uh, on the regents. There had been some students. Uh, who occupied the one seat out of nine that is uh, restricted to a student of one of the three universities, and and those rotate. But uh, in any event, I had uh, aspired to this back at the time when um, Governor Ray was in office, uh, was told at that time by some knowledgeable people that... uh, Uh, this would not fly, that uh, there'd never been anybody from Johnson County uh, on the board, and uh, there never would be because uh, the perception was that uh, the town and gown were too close. Um, I was then approached about doing it at the time I was going through the chairs of the Bar Association and didn't pursue it at that time because I had more than enough on my plate uh, in terms of volunteer activities uh, with the bar, um, uh, after uh, Governor Vilsack was elected, uh, he and I had had uh, a lot of contact when he was practicing law in a Tumla, and uh, uh, not a tumla, uh, Mount Pleasant. Yeah. A- and uh, uh, some people approached me about. Uh, uh, making a run for it uh, again, I did, and um, and was selected uh, and d- took office in uh, 2003. Was reappointed by Governor Culver in uh, 2009.
0: Now, my memory is to be on the board, you had to get a vote from the Iowa Senate. What, what was the vote as far as approving your your role?
1: Both times, I was approved unanimously. Um, I I was asked uh, kind of a sticky question. Uh, I remember with regard to uh, university hospitals and them uh, performing abortions, uh, I apparently answered that uh, so that it didn't offend anyone. Uh, And uh, really, that was the only question I was ever asked. That was when I went on the first time. And uh, the second time, it uh, seemed to be a totally non-event.
0: That's great. Well, anyway, well, on the reasons, I don't want to get into the details or secrets, but as I recall, when you came on, David Scorton, who was at the time a very popular person, was the president, and then he left. And there was, As I recall, there was some I think was sort of public feud between... I think I think Wellmark and Des Moines was sort of trying to impose their will on the University of Iowa hospitals and it got to be a feud. Is that is that accurate I'm making that up?
1: That is accurate. Uh this was over uh charges that uh, the hospital uh was making and uh, whether they would uh, continue in their contractual relationship. Uh this was made uh somewhat more controversial by reason of the fact that the board president at that time uh, was John Forsyth, the CEO of Wellmark. Uh, I was the president pro tem of the board and uh, as a result had to uh, take over chairing of a number of the meetings where this was uh, uh, discussed and and, uh, acted upon. David Skorton was uh, not uh, fairly dealt with in that whole process, uh, in my opinion, and um, uh, there was one opportunity uh, where I should have supported him to a greater degree than I did. Uh, That proved to be a learning experience. And I decided then and there, when I had strong views on something, I was going to stand up for them. Uh, I did that uh, primarily where the question of funding of the three universities came up. And uh, uh, the board proposed to take some very ill-advised action, in my opinion. Uh, Fortunately, Uh, the legislature had better judgment than the board did. And one of my most prized communications uh, from my service on the regents was uh, a text message from Senator Dvorsky who said, it's entirely fitting that on your last day on the board of regents, the legislature has killed so-called performance-based funding. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, even though... I was on the losing end of a number of eight-to-one votes uh, in the board. Uh, I, my position ultimately uh, prevailed uh, because of the action of both houses of the legislature.
0: One more question about your board duty. As I recall, I know the claim. You, you're a Johnson County person, so you just support the University of Iowa. That at Northern Iowa. Some friends of mine told the McLeod Center, their basketball place, was um, that you led the charge to get that thing funded and approved. Is that that, that story accurate?
1: Um, It's uh, substantially accurate. That occurred uh, at about my third uh, board meeting, and uh, there were several uh, board members at that time that were very opposed to capital projects. And when this was being discussed, uh, they spoke up right away and argued against that. And those that I was quite sure were favorable to it didn't speak up. And I figured that if uh, that project was going to go forward, uh, that someone had to step up, and I did. Uh, This was particularly important as far as you and I was concerned, in my opinion, because of the number... uh, K-12 coaches that they educate uh, up there, and the fact that they were the only school in their conference that didn't have a dedicated basketball arena. And so I uh, managed to uh, patch together uh, a coalition of board members where uh, various ones wanted uh, different things as a part of this, a feasibility study and the like. But uh, from that point forward, it carried on a five to three vote. And um, uh, they uh, they got their arena, which I think has been a, a great success for them.
0: that has been very important to them.
1: Well, we got to wrap this up pretty soon.
0: Let's first talk about Jane a little bit. I know Jane's had her own career. Uh, I know she's been active at Hancher with the um, – the gift stop shop, she was a fundraiser for the arts campaigns I recall. She uh was recognized as the philanthropist of, of eastern Iowa. Uh isn't that she's done her her own career in her own way as a as a volunteer.
1: Right. She's uh she's very disciplined and when she takes on uh a role such as that she uh puts heart and soul into it and um, has had a lot of uh, achievements as far as uh, volunteer work uh, is concerned. She was uh, chair of the local uh, United Nations Association chapter at, at one point and, and was a delegate to an event uh, at the uh, uh, UN building in New York, uh, has, has done uh, a lot of things. Uh, from a uh, civic and and uh, largely University of Iowa focused uh, perspective, and uh, I'm very proud of uh, all the things that she's done.
0: You no, know, she's very very capable. I should mention, I think while you've stepped down from a lot of things, I think you're are you still serving on the Iowa Public Radio board?
1: I am. Um, very short. The uh, Iowa Public Radio board is a creature of the Board of Regents and uh, the licenses of all of the stations at the three universities are uh, still owned by them. But uh, Iowa Public Radio was uh, constituted uh, about midway through my service on the regents uh, to take over the management of these stations and to coordinate uh, programming uh, and other aspects uh, in a, as a means of increasing efficiency. When when I went off the Regents, there was a, a seat that was open there uh, to which I was appointed, and um, I went on in 2015. uh will be term-limited out in uh, 2021.
0: Well, great. That's, that's an important thing, too. Uh, we should talk about your politics. I know uh, at one point in your life you were a Republican. Of course, now I claim you're, um, you're you're a liberal. You know, you're not really normal anymore. Uh, we tease you a lot about that, but uh, I know you've been active actually um, uh, in the governor's campaign. I think you you helped Fred Hubble some. So I guess you're uh, you're bipartisan. Is that a fair comment?
1: Uh, that is a fair comment. Uh, I, I I still have uh, strong ties. Uh, to the Republican Party, although I guess uh, my Republican Party is more one of of uh, President Eisenhower and uh, uh, Governor Ray and Congressman Leach, and and uh, those the years, unfortunately, are uh, long gone. Um, well, but, we, uh, if we talked about Donald
0: Trump, you would be on for an hour. So I don't have much time to t- explain all the problems you have with Donald. So we we respect that. So Good. Good. Now um one more let's couple of things. Let's talk about um uh, we're sort of wrapping this up. What's your you you've done lots of things, you you know, obviously you worked hard in your career and then you volunteered. What if you're a younger person listening to this, you know, let's say you're twenty five or thirty, what, what advice would you give people to sort of I don't know, I guess maybe make a difference in in life?
1: Well, I I think one important thing is is to uh make a careful selection of where you decide to put down your roots. And uh, I just uh, could not have been more pleased uh, with uh, the time that I've lived in Iowa City. It wasn't something that I set out to do originally. And uh, even uh, when I I took the uh, position with uh, Bill Mearden and Bill Supel, um, I had not necessarily intended to stay in Iowa City, but it certainly uh, worked out well. Uh, I, I think making a careful selection in that regard is very important. And also, um, every uh, volunteer endeavor that uh, I've engaged in, uh, I've felt that I derived more from it than I gave. Uh, people who, who do not uh, try to serve others, I think, uh, end up with um, uh, perhaps a less-than-satisfying life, and um, uh, I had uh, gotten an early orientation in that regard from my father and my maternal grandfather, and um, uh, glad that uh, I uh, followed their example.
0: Well, good. Well, yes. Yeah, funny in our situation, I think at one point in my life you were like my boss, and yet I sort of respected you and stuff. And then you became my mentor. I think my success in life is directly tied to your concern for me as a person and encouraging me. And then you give me, I now become one of my my best friends. we've we've come a long way. So it's been. A, I, I I said it, I I tell my children often that. You've been the major impact on my life, and I, I do appreciate that. So I want to thank you. So
1: Well, that's, uh, that's very kind, and uh, I have felt that I've benefited from my relationship with you, and, and certainly you've made a major impact uh, on the entire region and um, have, I, I think, uh, been a spark plug on a lot of positive things that have occurred uh, in this area, and uh, you have served well.
0: We should bring you back. I haven't really talked about you're in the, I know, the Business Hall of Fame up uh, in Cedar Rapids with the J.A. That's, that that was a great recognition. We didn't really spend a lot of time in the Bar Association, which I know was crucial to you. But um, I guess the last thing is women's basketball. I mean, I know you're a sports fan, a Hawkeye fan, but I think women's basketball is almost your favorite thing. You and Jane have tickets for a long time to cheer on Lisa Bluter?
1: We have. Uh, We got acquainted with uh, Lisa and Dave uh, very early in their uh, time uh, at the university, have uh, had season tickets since uh, she arrived, Uh, have had the opportunity to get acquainted with a number of the athletes in that program. And while generally I think the University of Iowa has attracted uh, very uh, high quality young people in its athletic programs. Uh, those in, in women's uh, basketball, such as uh, the Megan Gustafson's of a year ago, uh, really uh, uh, set the tone uh, in that regard. And so we've really been excited about uh, uh, following that program. Well, great. Well, this has been fun
0: to talk about. We'll have to, uh, once we get done with this uh, coronavirus shelter in place thing, we'll have to go have a, a Stella down at, uh, at the Wigan Pen sometime soon. So uh, keep in touch and thanks for taking time to do this, uh, this podcast.
1: My pleasure. Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank. This Corridor Business Journal podcast is produced by Joe Coffey of Coffee Grande Studios. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.